Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Welcome back to another episode of Tis the Podcast, the podcast that's determined to keep the Christmas spirit alive 365 days per year. I'm Anthony. I'm Julia. I'm Tom. Happy belated birthday, Tom. Well, thank you. Aww. How was it? Um, I had a rather enjoyable birthday. It was nice. Uh, Ellie and I spent the weekend before Ellie made her first dinner for us, which was amazing. Oh, I did see pictures. That was very freaking cute. She made the only thing she didn't do, like the, the, the kit we got called for meat. So she didn't cut up meat, uh, but she did everything else to make soup. She made some cookies, except putting them in the oven and some apple bread. And then on my birthday, <gasps> my wife go. decided to make fun of me for being 40 by giving me a couple of gifts. She gave me Werther's Originals and a maple pecan ice cream as the two of the oldest man things she could find to give me. <laughs> I see nothing wrong with either of those things, by the way. No, but you got them from grandparents growing up, right? The Werther's Originals were at grandparents, butter pecan. My mom always had Werther's. I have Werther's up at work right now. I mean, I don't know what that says about me, but I'm okay with it. (laughs) When's your big 4-0? Next year. (laughs) (laughs) I'm prepared. Let's just say I'm ahead of the game. Did Ellie get to do one of those cute, like, pick out any gift Christmas shopping excursions for you? Like she no. did with the cat. With No. Oh. She wanted to get me something to help her make pizza in our pizza oven, so I got a new wooden pizza peel. How was your week, Julia? Um, it was a good week, just like every other week. You are getting high praise for your chapter of Another Christmas Story. I think people are entirely missing the British accent or else there would not be high praise. Funny story about that for listeners. I have not listened to any episodes other than what I've read of another Christmas story because I hate waiting. So I'm letting it bottle up so that I can blow through it as I do with every audiobook I have ever listened to. Because I have lots of space in my day where I can listen to stuff. So we're talking like commute, the hour I walk at lunch, my commute home, all the things. So I get to this chapter and I don't know, I get like four pages into it. And all of a sudden somebody comments on how cute somebody else's accent is. And I'm like, oh, dear God. And so I text Anthony and I'm like, what accent is she supposed to have? And he goes, British. And I was like, son of a nutcracker. Okay, thank you. I'll go fix that. 
You're so. not the, you're not the only one who has done that in the past. Somebody <laughs> will get like 20 minutes into a chapter, then all of a sudden a British accent will emerge after she sounded American the whole time. <laughs> I at least went back and fixed it, I you know, it. last night, but oy, oy. I was like, this is where context matters. So for sure. But it was a lot of fun. I'm glad you had fun. And thank you for doing it. I'm doing the same thing, Julia. I'm waiting. I don't want to wait and hear something serially every week. I get really frustrated with like all the things I have to do that with now. Uh, we've been Netflix ruined. and all those things. Yeah. Ruined us. Yeah. Ruined us. They Absolutely did. ruined us. And now they're trying to take that away from us. Have you guys watched Grace and Frankie or are you guys friend- no. fans of Grace and Frankie? No. Okay. Well, I, I watched that and I was like, oh, the final season dropped and I binged it the other day. And then it ended on a cliffhanger. And then it said, for the second half of the season, stay tuned to January. I was like, darn Nobody it, Netflix. What are you doing? You. Yeah, no one told me. Yeah, they're not telling you because they want to force you to stick around, right? Yeah. I love Lily Tomlin. I kind of can't stand Jane Fonda. <laughs> <laughs> Except for 9 to 5, I just have never enjoyed Jane Fonda. Supposedly, Dolly Parton guest stars in an episode <gasps> this final season, so the three of them will be reunited. That will be pure magic. It will be. Jane Fonda is a speaker at Dreamforce this year, actually. Speaking of Jane Fonda. I have been brainwashed and conditioned to abhor her from a very young age. Well, as our parents do. I just didn't know. She's not my cup of tea anyway. Hanoi Jane. Yeah. Oh, right, That's how my right, parents right, right. feel. Last year or two years ago, whenever Sarah took me to Washington for my birthday, I saw her get arrested for protesting about climate change at the Capitol. Her and who is the guy with her? Ted Danson. What's the difference between Bill Clinton, George W. Bush and Donald Donald Trump and Jane Fonda? Jane Fonda actually went to Vietnam. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of George W. Bush, so it was the 20th anniversary of 9-11 this past weekend. God, I can't believe that's been 20 years, y'all. I really can't. I know. On the one hand, it feels, it's so vivid in my memory. But on the other, it feels like it's been my entire life. Yeah. Yes. And I do want to say, though, regarding that, I had, we have the best listeners in the world, y'all, because 10 different listeners reached out to me because they knew I was from New York to say, hey, thinking of you and your family and your state today and hope everything's okay and you guys... Yeah, we have the Aww. awesome listeners, y'all. We do. That's amazing. We, we do. do. So, yeah, Sunday was a very emotional day. Thank, I'm grateful to all the listeners who reached out. But have y'all watched Come From Away on Apple TV? Not yet. I'm you so should, excited, Because it is awesome. Mm-hmm. I've heard it's just really good. It's actually going to be in Tulsa in, like, a few days or something at the PAC. Tom. It's a, it's a very, like, low... Like, there's not a lot of, like, you know, musicals, grand set designs or everything. Like, it's a very small musical, but it's definitely one of the more emotional musicals you'll ever see. Right. But, like, it's also a feel-good story, which is awesome for something that centers around 9-11. It's one of the feel-good stories from that time, so. Yeah. Hmm. I don't think I had heard that story until at least five years had spaced between, you know, it actually happening. And I feel like it took me a long time to hear such an amazing story of goodwill. I think it took a while for a lot of Americans to heal it. But yeah, that's where, so Newfoundland, where Sarah's from, ironically enough, we didn't know each other at the time. That's where uh, all the planes were diverted to and landed. And 
like more than the population of the town and they took them mm-hmm. all in and cared for them. It's awesome. And Newfoundland is the only place outside of New York City that has steel from the World Trade Center because we sent them some to thank them afterwards. Oh, I didn't know huh. that. Yeah. So hmm. it's a good story, though. The music is awesome. It's fun. Check it out. I'm looking forward to it. Apple TV, y'all. I hope this whole thing, like this becomes a thing between Hamilton and Come From Away, like where Broadway shows just start getting recorded and released. That's yes, please. Awesome. For those of us yeah. who cannot experience Broadway at this moment. Did y'all see Vivo? It is a show on Netflix about, it's a, about a Puerto Rican man and his um, monkey. It's really sweet. Music is Lin-Manuel Miranda, so... I heard about that. Yeah, I did hear about that now that you mentioned it. That's on my list. Sorry, not a monkey, a a Kukachu. There's Lin-Manuel Miranda can do no wrong for me, so I'll definitely watch it. That guy's a national treasure. For real. I'm excited to see what he does with the Little Mermaid live action, because he's doing the music for it. What's so amazing about him is his voice... I mean, his voice is good. I'm I'm not going to commit blasphemy and say his voice is not good. His voice isn't the best... And wouldn't, you know, win a ton of awards, but the passion he puts into everything he sings, like, it's so raw and good and Mm well-written. He is definitely someone who did not throw away his shot. No, he didn't. Ah, I see what you did there. And Anthony, I think I saw you were watching Why the Last Man. Why, yes. I have been waiting for that adaptation for years. It's been stuck in development hell for years, and I love that comic book. So it's, they dropped the first three episodes on FX. It's really good. It's really good. Is it really good? good? You were told me <laughs> about really that good. one. Not the show. Well, you told me about the comic book leading up to the show being a thing, and you're excited about it, and it sounded really interesting. Christi- the first episode, until the very end, Christine was like, eh, I don't know if I want to see this. I don't know if I'm going to get into it. And then at the very end, she's like, holy crap, I'm sucked in. Let's keep going. The first one is a lot of setup. It's good setup, though. It's much needed. But it doesn't it doesn't give away everything yeah. in the in the in the comic, which is good. No, it does not. You said it's on FX and what is it called? The letter Y and then Colin, the Got last it. man. A virus hits the world and kills all men, presumably except this man and his monkey. Speaking of another movie, a heartwarming tale of a man and his monkey. <laughs> that, that, what's funny is I'm so I'm so glad you brought that up because that's what I immediately thought of when you mentioned it's it's really worth a watch that's my one problem with the show so far the cgi monkey is a little cgi it's fx though so i'll give i i will give it a lot more grace than if this were on disney or something or like or hbo or hbo yeah we've been getting ready for halloween and have introduced ellie to sabrina the teenage witch she loves everything about the show as do i that show stands the test of time. It is so good in 2021. It is just wholesome, fun, all around good movie. Or good and show. I think the really the really bad puppet that plays Salem is part of the wholesomeness of it. It is. We watched it last year, but we're doing Hocus Pocus for Family Movie Night tomorrow night. And we Ooh. got Ellie. Well, we got this. Have you seen the black cat blow molds at Target this year? No. Our Target doesn't have stuff up yet. Ours didn't either. Christine did a shift order literally every day last week to try to get the Halloween stuff. And so we ended up buying a lot of groceries we didn't really need so that we could hit that $35 minimum to get the, the <laughs> Halloween stuff. And they never put it out. So oh, I, I will send you a picture of our well-stocked pantry. We are good going into uh, 
potential snow season. Anyway, uh, Ellie wanted to name him Thackeray. So we have a little light up blow mold cat named Thackeray. And when she did that, Christine ordered her a shirt and I'll get a picture of her in it tomorrow. Uh, it's got a, the face of a black cat and it says the Thackeray Binks fan club. That's awesome. That is awesome. It's adorable. Disney has a stuffed Thackeray Binks now. It's adorable. Oh, so cute. Holy cow. It's $16.99 on shopdisney.com and $30 on Amazon. So y'all, I have a question for you guys. Yes, sir. Where's the bathroom? (laughs) Where is your bathroom? You're not going to sing it to us? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I I got a lot of questions about this show, so I'm really glad we're getting into this. (laughs) So for those who don't know, tonight we are covering the... CW, American Romantic Musical Comedy Drama Television Series that premiered in October 2015, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. I was working hard at a New York job, making dough, but it made me blue. One day I was crying a lot, and so I decided to move to West Covina, California. Brand new pals and new career. It happens to be where Josh lives, but that's not why I'm here. She's the Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. What? No, I'm not. She's the crazy ex-girlfriend. That's a sexist term. She's the crazy ex-girlfriend. Can you guys stop singing for just a second? She's so broken inside. The situation's a lot more nuanced than that. C-R-A-Z-Y. Okay, we get it. Crazy ex-girlfriend. So for those who don't know, the series was created, written, and directed by Rachel Bloom and stars Bloom in the lead role as Rebecca Bunch, a lawyer who moves from New York City to West Covina, California to pursue her ex-boyfriend from high school summer camp. While the show drew consistently low ratings throughout its four-season run, it received critical acclaim and won several awards, including multiple primetime Emmys, Golden Globes, and Critics' Choice. Each episode contains two to four original songs, usually sung by Rebecca or a character with whom she's having direct interaction, parodying the musical theater conceit of characters bursting into song at significant moments in the plot. Okay, well, there's one of my questions. Is there always the singing? So yes, there is always the singing. There is always a singing. Always the singing. (laughs) (laughs) So, Tom, is that your history? You have never seen it before. I haven't. I intentionally didn't see it because I didn't like the title. It just felt very sexist. Yes, the title is very problematic. Faux show. I think I probably saw it. Um, Not the show, but I was aware of it. but because the title, not so much the problematic part, but it just didn't seem like anything I'd want to watch. Yeah. Is it based off of that movie that, who was it? No, there was a movie that was like, my ex-girlfriend is a superhero. You remember that movie that was like. Oh, with, that was with Rain Wilson and with uh, Uma Thurman, my yeah, super ex. It has whatever. nothing to do with yeah. that, does it? No, it does not. I think I always they thought it both are ex-girlfriends. Yeah, and I was like, none of those look good, so I'm just not going to watch that. Um, so no, no history whatsoever with the show or anything. I remember when, so, you know, upfronts every year when the networks put together their little trailer packages for new shows, I remember, oh, this looks awful. (laughs) The title is awful. (laughs) Um, but then one day I sat down and watched it on Netflix. No, not Netflix. Yeah, probably Netflix after season one had hit because it was bored and I was up late one night and it's all right. I don't have strong feelings for it either one way or another. I really like the music a lot of the times, at least in the first two seasons. But yeah, Sarah's a much bigger fan than I am. I like a lot of Rachel Bloom's uh, YouTube stuff before her show, when she put out music videos and stuff. So. 
she did a 2016 get out the vote video called holy you've got to vote with a bunch of other tv actors and movie stars the star-filled cast sang profanity-laced lyrics directed at donald donald trump such as donald trump is human syphilis and we can be the antidote so holy you've got to vote oh my god (laughs) if we don't work to prevent this it's four years of the apprentice So I like that video. There's a lot of famous people in that video. That's worth checking out. So the cast of this show. Oh, Rachel Bloom plays Rebecca Bunch. She's an actress, comedian, writer, singer, songwriter, and producer. She wrote every song in this show from season one throughout season four. She's mostly known for this show and her YouTube comedy music videos. Vincent Rodriguez III plays... Josh Chan, her ex-boyfriend, who she moves to California for. And this is pretty much his biggest thing as well. Santino Fontana plays Greg Serrano, a bartender and Rebecca's other love interest on this show. And y'all will know him because he voiced Prince Hans in Frozen. What? (laughs) What, you didn't know that? No, I didn't know that. No, I did not know that was Hans's voice. Well, there you go. Um, and he's also guest starred on shows like The Good Wife, Nurse Jackie, Royal Pains, Keep Christmas With You, which starred the Mormon Tabernacle Choir and the Muppets from Sesame Street. So, What? Okay. Quite a cast. <laughs> Donna Lynn Champlin plays Paula Proctor, Rebecca's co-worker and new best friend. Uh, She wins this episode, by the way. Wins it. Her scene is the funniest thing in this entire episode. (laughs) To me. I thought it was hilarious. And again, this is her biggest starring role. She's done stuff like The Good Wife and Younger and shows like that, though. Pete Gardner plays Daryl Whitefeather, Rebecca's new boss. He is somebody who looks very familiar to me, but he has like nothing to his name. But he had a very familiar looking face to me before this show. He did mentor Tina Fey and Amy Poehler when they were in Second City. He was their mentor. Oh, that's rad. Good job. Yeah, he did have that familiar face, but couldn't put my finger on what he was in. Vela Lovell plays Heather Davis, Rebecca's cool college student neighbor and sometimes roommate. She provides the voice of Mermista and She-Ra and the Princess of Power. And she is also in the movie The Big Stick, which is really good if you guys haven't seen that. And she starred in shows like, she's guest star in shows like Girls, Younger... She was in the Christmas Chronicles as somebody called Wendy. I don't remember her. but hmm. And the only other person worth mentioning in this is Naomi Bunch, Rebecca's critical mother, played by Tova Feldsha, who most people will probably know, recently at least, from The Walking Dead. She played Deanna. She was the leader of Alexandria. That's right. Oh, yeah. That's where I knew her from. Okay. Took me a minute, though. I was like, what? What is this, some 70s sitcom I know you from that I used to love so much that I watched with my mother? No, it was The Walking Dead. It was The Walking Dead. I loved her character on The Walking Dead, actually. Oh, man. Yeah. But she's been in a lot of stuff. She always kind of plays similar um, Jewish-type roles. Mm -hmm. That's our cast. So tonight we are covering... Episode 8 of Season 1 aired for the first time November 30th, 2015. 
and it's entitled My Mom, Greg's Mom, and Josh's Sweet Dance Moves. Stress levels skyrocket when Rebecca's passive-aggressive mother arrives for Hanukkah. Meanwhile, Heather and Greg spend an awkward Christmas at his mother's house, and Josh attempts to recapture his former dance glory. So this episode opens up. Rebecca, who is not really into her Jewish heritage, is decking her place out for Hanukkah because her Jewish mother is coming. Oh, she's not just decking out for Hanukkah. She is scrubbing Christmas from the picture. Like, she had, a, she was pretty decorated for Christmas, right? Yeah. Yes. She committed. But her mother is very, very proudly Jewish. Probably Jewish. That's not funny. That's just to give a future episode where uh, she goes to a bat mitzvah and her and Patty Lapone's song called Remember That We Suffered. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> so she's she wants to impress her mother because she knows her mother is going to get on her case about her new lifestyle, moving out to California, giving up her big law jobs. And uh, in addition, she is hoping to get this ancestral ring that they're that everybody in her family, I guess, has gotten from mother to daughter for generations. The Garfunkel ring. And she thinks it's finally time. She thinks her mother, she has a good chance of getting it this Christmas. This, well, Hanukkah. So, when her mother arrives, this is the first song of the episode. And I love this song. I, I'm not suicidal, so I'm not going to say I know mothers like this. I'm not going to say my mother's like this, but I'm going to say I know mother's like this. Um, She uh, bursts into the house. The song is called Where's the Bathroom? And that's the conceit of the song. But essentially, the song is just about about her criticizing everything about her daughter, from her appearance to the lack of classiness about her house to moving out to California and never finding a husband. and, And this song is like... Just watching it is exhausted. So I liked Rachel Bloom's like <laughs> acting in that. Looking, she was looked exhausted by the end of it because she does. <laughs> her mother does not take a breath. She goes into the guest room, pulls out condoms. Like this is why you don't have a husband. And I loved this song. I thought this song was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was an athletic event. Like well done. Yeah, yep. well done to Tova for doing this so well. And breathing, finding space to breathe inside of that song. It's impressive. Did you like this song, Tom? I did. It was fun. It just gave me that agita from when you when you do have a mom who lives out of town, you do have this agita before they come. Like, I felt her when she was, like, straightening up the, you know, pulling the Christmas stuff. Not that I have to do that, but I get it. So, yeah, if you YouTube this song, I feel like it's relatable to a lot of people based on the comments. Like, it's a very, I mean stereotypical jewish mother stereo she's a jewish mother stereotype but Mm -hmm. i think it transcends the jewish mother like you know italian mothers hispanic mothers uh asian mothers there are a lot of mothers who are like this and Mm -hmm. it was real to me i it made me laugh when she was like i'll still love you if you are gay it would explain this vase vendetta just please please just tell me if you're gay because I know moms who are like that. Like, they have to preface it. Like, I'll, I'll still love you. Just tell me. Just be honest. You're gay. And right? the whole reason she thinks she's gay is because she has no no vases in her house. Sorry. No vases in the, in the apartment. So, after this whirlwind introduction, Naomi gets right into it with her. Like, I don't understand you. Why you gave up everything. I paid for Harvard and Yale for you to come out here to this dump so rebecca starts 
lying about her life. She takes her to her office. <laughs> I love the expression on her mother's face the whole time. Just this, like, forced, like, grimace. And for a moment, Rebecca seems to think she's impressing her. But then she's like, what do you think, Mom? And she's like, you told me not to criticize you, so I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> and she's oh, like, well, gosh. that in itself is criticism, Mom. Oh, you think I work here? I just volunteer here. These are underprivileged <sighs> lawyers. <laughs> underprivileged lawyers? <laughs> I'm not going to lie. That was one of my favorite ongoing things through the whole through the whole episode was this idea mm-hmm. that she was helping underprivileged attorneys. <laughs> <laughs> and her boss is such an idiot. Like so, Rebecca's like, "Good job, everyone. Keep up morale. <laughs> Keep up your spirits high." Her boss is like, "Yeah, that was good." <laughs> her friend Paula thinks she is a mother pleaser. <laughs> Yes. And Rebecca denies this, even though she is 100% a mother pleaser. Yes. So she's like, what does she say? She gets her to pretend she's her British friend. No, she didn't want her to pretend well, she was her British friend, just that she was an attorney from her, like a, a real job. Yeah, yes. her real job. High powered job. Yes. <laughs> and when she meets him for lunch, for some reason, she puts on. She's yes. full out Mary Poppins, man. Oh, it was hilarious. <laughs> Are y'all mother pleasers? I'm not a mother pleaser. No, but I'm always the one to apologize to keep the peace when we have a fight, whether or not I'm in the wrong. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, I can't do that. I'm not that, that either. Against, <laughs> that goes against my personality type. I think y'all should do, if y'all haven't yet, we should all share in our group our Myers-Briggs and Enneagrams and see how closely aligned we are. Ooh, that would be fun. I don't know mine. I did mine a while ago, but I forget. I forget. I know mine. my strengths finder, but I don't know the others. I've got that one somewhere too. I need to, I can find that one too. We should totally do that. I like that idea. So Rapala shows up to lunch with Rachel and her mother. <laughs> she has an inexplicable Mary Poppins British accent. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> Not only that, but she also says, by the way, I'm Jewish. That's right. And the mother is confused, like, I didn't know they had Jews in Britain. <laughs> so she, what does she order? Tea and latkes or tea and something, matzah or something. Oh, gosh. She orders some weird combination. And mom is eating it up, like, loving every second of this. And she lo- she also is very impressed when one of Rachel's real cli- one of Rebecca's real clients calls and they go out to dinner, which she plays third wheel. And it's a very uh, it's a like a middle aged like African American gentleman who mom is like thirsty for. That's right. <laughs> it was very uncomfortable. Very. And what made it even worse is when she goes and asks him to sleep with her mom. <laughs> As if this is just a common thing. I'm really gonna need you to sleep with my mom. You know, you don't have to go all the way. Just as, as far as you're comfortable. And I love it because he's at, fir- at first. He's like, "You're joking, right?" And she's like, "Yes, but not really. If you if you can do it, that would be awesome." <laughs> and he's like, "I get it. I'm a mother pleaser too." <laughs> of course, he doesn't sleep with her. Rebecca That's kind right. of stands up for herself there and says, "Now, mom, you have to go home." Mm-hmm. Of course. Typical overbearing mother takes this personally and decides, I'm leaving tomorrow morning. I'm going to pack up and leave. And to add insult to injury, she gave Rebecca a vase for Christmas, which she picked up at the mall after realizing her apartment doesn't have one. (sighs) So the Garfunkel ring is not on the table. 
but Rebecca gave her a nice ceramic ring holder. It was very, very lovely. A rectal thermometer. That mom did not like a, re- a rectal thermometer. A ceramic rectal thermometer. <laughs> <laughs> so while this is going on, we also have a plot where Greg, the bartender, have, he is invited home to his mother's house for Christmas. And he is telling Heather, like, my family is awful. My mom and stepdad and half-siblings think they're better than me. They always make fun of my, you know, they always essentially degrade me for being being Mm -hmm. a bartender. And it's rough. So Heather kind of invites herself. He invites her for as like a buffer, like you can see how awful they are. And she's off for a bit of family drama. She's flat out open about it, so she's willing to go. What's his relation to Rebecca? He's a local bartender. He's Josh's friend. He he likes Rebecca. There's a there's a thing. Yeah, he likes okay. Rebecca. She, I'm assuming, at some point, do they? Or is it one of those back and forth together? At some together, point, yeah. Like, at some point, like... yeah, they do reciprocate. Yep, they hook up. Yep. So Heather goes home with Greg. For Christmas, expecting this awful family, only to find mom and stepdad are two of the sweetest people. Wonderful. Wonderful. They're wonderful. They, they have a beautifully decorated house. They're so loving to Greg. Yeah. And Greg's problem is he thinks that everything they say to him is sarcastic. So he takes it the wrong way. <laughs> and I love, he has this comment too about all the support and money they give his half siblings. And they're like, honey, they're in middle school. (laughs) They're children. (laughs) Are they children, honey? (laughs) (laughs) Heather, you know, gets along very well with them. And Greg is like mortified. It's like, what are you doing? I can't, I invited you to have somebody on my side. Yeah. And she's like, you know, I wanted nothing more than a, nice family fight like some but he, you're the wrong here dude your mother's one of the nicest people alive <laughs> i just love how she's so dry and like kind of salty you know and yeah. how she's mm-hmm. just like makes these comments like she's got yeah. the hot chocolate and the candy cane or whatever and she's like i love her <laughs> she is delightful <laughs> she's my favorite person <laughs> But her telling Greg this, like, kind of makes him talk to mom. And, uh, Shauna. Who he didn't even call mom. <laughs> no, like, he called her call me mom. Shauna. And she, and she does kind of say, like, you know, I could have done more when your father and I divorced. But, you know, it kind of it fixes things a bit. Yeah. Like, Greg kind of opens up a bit. This was a huge Linus moment scene that just it gave was. me all the family Christmas feels. I know we're not talking yeah. about that part yet. But y'all, mm-hmm. the way that he opens up and he's like, oh, my mom's not a horrible person. And she was doing these things to love me. Yeah, it was yeah. sweet. Her face it, when she hears that. So sweet. When he calls her mom. When he calls her mom. Oh. So good. <laughs> do y'all ever call your mom by her first name? No. No. Oh, I still do all the time. <laughs> <laughs> On purpose or just because that's what you call her? Uh, I end up calling my mom, Ma- mom or Karen. I call my grandma Sandy. It's not like disrespectful. It's all, it's just sort of happens. I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean is like, do you call her by her name to rile her up? Because I could see you doing that. Oh, or sometimes do I do. Call to her her sometimes. Because, okay. <laughs> sometimes it is. It's usually if I'm being sarcastic. Like, okay, Karen. I've had to stop doing it because Ellie now does it to me. She calls me Thomas Warren all the time. I don't love it. <laughs> 
Our other thread in this episode is Josh Chan, who he's he's like me at Christmas. Man, it sucks you have to work through it. He's basically lamenting being an adult at Christmas time. And who who hasn't felt that? But he, what? He ends up calling out sick from work for a week. He says he has the flu or something. But he meets students from his alma mater who make him really like think about his past days as a part of a filipino dance group and uh, <laughs> he's basically telling them you know live it up you know these are the best days you know it gets worse from here and one of these students essentially takes pity on him and fakes a sprained ankle during a big show on <laughs> and uh <laughs> has josh go on stage to perform and i don't know what it is about this guy this guy just looks funny to me it's the baby face or something i don't know he looks like an enthusiastic big child but he's up on stage loving performing in the middle of downtown west covina where rebecca and her mom just happened to be because rebecca's making her mom get an uber she's like to the airport like nope done you know what well because she she totally comes clean and tells her all because because they announced Josh Chan on stage, and that immediately, huh? like, Naomi looks at Rebecca like, you moved out here for Josh Chan. And she just comes clean about everything. And also, this is after, like, Rebecca's laying on the mom guilt trip, like, can you just give me a receipt so I can return this gift at the mall on my way to the airport? And things like that. But, um, you know, she tells her again, I don't understand you. And Rebecca basically says, you've always hated me. And this... They have an emotional moment. She's like, I never hated you. I worry and I nag you because you're my daughter. Not because I hate you. I always wonder, like, and now you're somewhere else and I don't know what you're doing. And, like, it worries me. It bugs me. And um, while I disagree with you, I'm proud you stood up to me because that shows you have a bit of resolve and you'll be just fine. And she gives her the Garfunkel ring, right? Or she does not? She does. She does not. She does. She She does does not. not. No, he doesn't. She doesn't get the ring. Which I thought was a very. I, all I can remember is her saying, "I don't even need the ring anymore because you know what? Because I don't need the ring because I'm grown up and I can do what I want and I'm an independent woman." But I don't remember if she actually gives it to her or not. I'm pretty sure like she that didn't give it to her because def- I thought it was very odd. Yeah, I think that would defeat the speech. Right. Okay. So she didn't give her the ring, and then she still makes her mom take an Uber to the airport. And Greg and Heather also are downtown. Uh, afterwards, Greg thanks Heather after his family's dinner. He thanks her for fixing his relationship with mom. And then the two of them have a moment and share a kiss. Mm-hmm. Rebecca bumps into Josh and the two commiserate a bit. We talk about having matured over the holidays. And then final musical dance number of the episode, California Christmas time with the whole cast and a bunch of Californians. And I don't know anything about California, but this is exactly how I picture Christmas. <laughs> like totally <laughs> laid back, tattooed, stoned people, just yeah. totally in a different world from the rest of us and how we celebrate Christmas. I had seen this movie or this song before. I don't know where or how. I think I must have just been searching on YouTube or maybe it came up at some point, but I was very familiar with this. It's very catchy. California Christmas time. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is very catchy. And they all dance on stage and big wreath. There's a stone guy dressed as Santa. Yeah. <laughs> There's a guy walking around in a Speedo roasting his chestnuts. She tells to put on his pants. and. <laughs> <sighs> 
Yeah, it's, it's it's exactly how I picture California. You know, the whole different world from New York. Yeah, yeah. All you people throwing us liberal coastal elites together. Don't lump me in with those group. That group. <laughs> Just saying. Um, but yeah, and then after this big musical number, the episode ends. And that's it. And I thought it was... I had thought this was a very fun episode. It was very lighthearted and fun. I dig it. Yeah, I agree. It was it made me laugh? The music was catchy. The whole format of it surprised me because, again, no history with it. So it was a nice surprise to have musical numbers. The songs were weird, though. They blew, they, I wasn't expecting the musicals numbers. They even for broad, for like something that's parodying Broadway, they come out of nowhere. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I do like the theme song too, I forgot to mention, where they basically ex- explain the conceit of the show in the theme song. Yes. And they keep singing, she's a crazy ex-girlfriend. Guys, it's more nuanced than that. And like, yeah. if the show t- deals with a little, it deals <laughs> with her mental health a lot. The show is praised for the portrayal of mental health because it really is a show about mental health. Okay. She has a lot of issues. And what's weird is I did get, especially during the, the Greg subplot, we like we talk a lot how stuff in California doesn't feel Christmassy, but I felt Christmas. I got Christmas feels during this episode. Yeah, yeah. I got some. I got more Christmas feels than some other ones we've done. And Tom said there's a Linus moment, which there is. There are a few of them. Yeah, her and her mom had a Linus moment. I think they did when they yeah. realized that we actually do love each other. So all in all, I enjoyed it. And if. Uh, Listeners, if you've seen it or have enjoyed it, you know, if you don't watch the show, you should check out some of the songs because the songs, a lot of the songs are very clever in the show. That's my favorite part about the show, the songs. I mean, they got Jim Henson to do a song with Muppets with her at one point when she's talking about singing, when she's singing about being, she's going to be an old cat lady. They, Jim Henson company gave her like 50 Muppet cats that sung a song with her at one point. Oh, that's <laughs> funny. There's a lot of Harry Potter references in this show too. There's a, the songs are really good. So Somebody in our Facebook Check. group had mentioned how this was one of their favorite shows. I think it was Michelle Kidwell. Maybe. Yes, that's right. I think that was it. Love Michelle. Michelle Kidwell of Horribly Genius. Yep. And it, and, it, and it is a good show. Sarah likes it more than me. I enjoyed it for the music. So on a scale of one to ten, what would you give this? Six. Eight and a half. I'd give it a seven and a half, which put, gives it a 7.33. Solid. You call that a bathroom. That's what passes for a bathroom. There were no bowls of rocks or any decorative soaps. You don't even have a bathman who doesn't have a bathman. If you need a bathman, I can. Oh, did you hear? A bishop in Wisconsin said something anti-Semitic. So the temple has decided to boycott cheddar cheese. Everyone asks how you're doing. I wish we don't Becky. Is she still a big shot lawyer? And to that, I just say, please. You won't get a husband this way. At least you have your career. Oh, wait, you threw out your career to chase this California dream. I wasted all the dough on Harvard and Yale for you to be living in a dump in nowhere, USA. Getting fatter by the minute on this greasy goyish food. Just put my luggage in my room. Could I get a glass of water? I'll be back in a moment. I need to use the bathroom again. I did enjoy that. If you enjoyed crazy ex-girlfriend um let us know or it doesn't have to be about that either but you can find us all over the place tisthepodcast.com backslash twitter facebook facebook group reddit instagram but like if you really want the good stuff you got to go to the facebook group um that's where you can talk to us you can talk to a bunch of our awesome friends some of those awesome friends also have podcasts so perfect time of year to get hooked on other christmas fair 
um, for the season and uh, just chat with us. You can get kind of sneak peeks into what's coming on upcoming weeks as well as peeks into our personal lives at rare moments. You can be a part of this dysfunctional family we have right here every week by coming to some of our social medias. Um, you can find us other places to the podcast.com backslash Patreon, but that is a horse of a different color, right, Tom? It's a horse of a different color from a different mother and uh, costs money to be one of the cool kids there. It costs at least a $1 a month contribution and you get bonus content right now is a pretty rad time to, to jump in because you can join Julie and I and be surprised by all of the stuff that Anthony and so many other cool people have done. Um, all the Halloween things are starting to roll out now and it's worth a listen. So head over to jizzthepodcast.com slash Patreon. Plus, I'm unveiling a concept for some new merch to Anthony and Julia today. So Ooh, that's Ooh. we also speak of Patreon last week, we just dropped an episode, uh, our Hocus Pocus live watch commentary, which was Jerry D who is, especially if you listen to Patreon, the fourth elf of Tis the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> he is essentially the Patreon co-host at this point, but he, uh, that was his first time ever, ever watching Hocus Pocus. So what did he think of it? Check it out. Interesting. Yeah. So it's fun. And if you want even more, bonus tis the podcast content check out our thursday episodes i wrote a christmas book called another christmas story and dropping a chapter a week we're heading into the final weeks because we're in the final weeks of the year which is crazy and yeah uh, the elf with the best voice everyone's favorite elf just read last week's chapter so check it out and the unofficial fourth elf reads this upcoming week's chapter, and then Tom <laughs> reads the chapter after that. So you're getting the whole Tis the Podcast family here in a few weeks. So that's a, that'll be fun. And and you know what else will be fun? Really, is next week on next week's movie should be fun. We're covering the 2016's Once Upon a Sesame Street Christmas. Ooh! But what's even radder is a week after that we are taking a little break from Christmas and diving into Halloween stuff, kicking off spooky month of Tom's favorite, one of Tom's yes. favorite Halloween films. Which one is it, Tom? We're going to do Christmas. Oh, Christmas town. No, we're going to do Halloween town. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited. Cause I haven't seen this movie in a while. So I'm excited to watch it. I saw it last week. Oh, I can't wait for Halloween month scream and Garfield's Halloween adventure. And we're going to have guests Halloween month too. Ron Hogan and Jay Skipworth of Filmstrip Podcast, who are both horror masters, are coming on to talk the original 1978 Halloween, which will be epic. I'm sure we'll just be like audience members in that episode. Pretty much. Which I'm looking yeah. forward to. Pretty much. <laughs> but it'll be a good month. And then afterwards, not ready to reveal that schedule yet, but we have a lot of good stuff coming up in November oh, and December. yes. Oh! <gasps> We have an interruption, y'all. Hello. Hello. This is a surprise listener. CJ from Christmas Conversations has interrupted our show. Hi, Tom. Hi, Julia. What's up, man? I'm much better now that you're here. I'm here to spoil your fun. Well, I'm here to build up the melee, first of all, but I'm also here to announce <laughs> who will be judging because we had a judge that dropped out, but we won't get into it. Anyway, um, any guesses who's going to be doing it? Because we already have uh, Charlene, Sherilyn. I don't know how to pronounce it yet. We also, ha yeah, 
Uh, we also have me. Awesome, right? And we need to announce the third one. So do you guys have any guesses? I told you my guess, but you've denied it. But I think that's the only reason you're doing this live, because you're about to announce my co-host is going to judge me. So your plan B failed, and now you're coming to get a C-string from me to help step in, right? <laughs> I don't know. Should it be Tom or shouldn't it be Tom? I don't know. I think you're out, I think you're out of options, which is why you're here. Anthony, the third and final official judge is Mr. Tom Crow. Very nice. Very Literally, nice. this was pitched to two other people before I was asked. <laughs> well, we were going to pitch it to Tom first, and then they asked, um, uh, I think a guy named Chris from Yuletide or something. Brian from Yuletide? Uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I get I get names mixed up, so... Yeah, uh, they asked him. I don't think he could do it. And then I think Tom was like, yeah, the second or third. But I thought he was the first. I honestly went to him and I offered him the thing. And then um, Jerry's like, no, I asked somebody else. I'm like, I thought we agreed Tom. He's like, oh, my bad. That wasn't rad, man. So, I was like, I was like, okay. so yeah, now it's going to be me, Tom, judging Anthony and all of his horrible pitches. Oh, man, Anthony, you got it. You got it rough. I would like to remind you how fair I was to you when I judged you. Unfortunately, my moral compass does not allow me to go in with an idea, um, a preconceived idea. I've got to, I've got to be honest. So when you don't get votes from me, you didn't, you earn those no votes. Just so you know. I also want to throw in there that I remember that I was completely screwed in the melee and I will let out all my fury on all the guests. <laughs> I, I would just like to say both of you look marvelous tonight and that I couldn't help but notice you both lost week one of the football fantasy and That's I'm fine. willing to make some trades for No, apparently you're not because I played some uh, Jedi mind tricks on you and now you're just totally afraid to even make a trade with me. I got this week in the bag. I've got this week in the bag too. Well, I'm currently watching the Giants game. I don't know why Anthony's not because he's the real New Yorker. Because I'm a Jets fan. Ew, that's even worse. I know it is. Don't worry. I'm aware. But anyway. Well, CJ, you're here just in time for us to help break some awesome news to our listeners. Okay. We only have 2,328 hours until Christmas. Sweet. That is only 97 days. 13 weeks, guys. That's insane. Um, and that is, let me look at my app. One second. 8,562,684 seconds. <laughs> Get excited, y'all. Oh, and also listen to the Melee when it comes out. We're recording on the 22nd, but we don't know when it's coming out. But stay tuned. Uh, listen to Todd Killian at Christmas Clatter, and you will see Anthony versus Todd for the first time versus Kim, who could be a surprisingly feisty person. So tune in for that. But yeah, you can always listen to my podcast. Thanks for letting me crash your party. Thanks for crashing our party. Thanks for breaking news. No problem. So thank you, listeners. And until next week, do your homework. Bye, y'all. Bye. Ciao. Well, you can take your snow and shove it. This is our Christmas and we love it. It's a hundred degrees. This elf is Vietnamese. That's the way that California does it. Even our Santa. He's also an unemployed stuntman Is he even awake?
with sunlight. Put on some pants, Chet. And what would Christmas be without historically low mountain snow causing staggering droughts? But hey, this eggnog froyo super tight, super tight. Cause this is California, and we do Christmas right. Oh, so good. She's the finding herself. We're all finding ourselves. Okay, there is no easy answer for our high rates of skin cancer. It took my dad's life and it killed my wife. Hang ten, Rudolph and Prancer. California Christmas time. We gather around and sing songs by Sublime and all our local Kids get lots of toys on Christmas morn Cause daddy makes big bucks directing porn They may have gonorrhea, but at least it's not frostbite It's not frostbite Cause this is California And we do Christmas right California Christmas You have places to be. I get it.